بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد صلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ جو نائٹ از دا ٹوینٹی سیونتھ آف جون ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ of the illustrious companion, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu. Alhamdulillah, it's the blessed night of Eid, i.e. the day of Arafat has passed. So we ask Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just as he's blessed and showered those of his guests with his unparalleled mercy to also bless us also who are unworthy. Amen. So the last thing I mentioned, <coughs> was the clarification of the term Al-Jama'ah. So we are the Ahlus Sunnah, the people of the Sunnah and Al-Jama'ah. And I mentioned yesterday that the Jama'ah, it means the companions of the Prophet It means the Sawadi Azam, i.e. the main body, but not all the time. And this is why Imam Nawwi said in Sharh Sayyid Muslim 8-56, When the sunnat is established to evidence, it cannot be abandoned because some or more than some or indeed all of the people have abandoned it. Those, like I mentioned, an example of that was Abu Bakr Siddiq. He was the jama'ah when he made his famous decisions during his khilafah. Those note again the error of those who consider something to be lawful and correct simply due to the large number of Muslims who act upon it throughout the world by them saying, had not our beloved messenger said, this ummah will never come together upon misguidance. The response to this is, please complete the report. For Rasulullah added, and the support of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with the jama'ah. So you're quoting half a report. The ummah will never come together upon misguidance. You haven't completed the report. The support of Allah is with the jama'ah. The jama'ah might not be the whole body. It might be an individual. Meaning, yes, the ummah as a whole cannot unite together upon misguidance. Just as long as it is in line with the truth, the jama'ah, which as shown, is not always the case. Thus Abdullah ibn Mas'ud exhorted one and all, Ya ayyuhal nas, alaykum bitta'ati wal jama'ah. O mankind, cling to obedience and the jama'ah. Fa innaha hablullahilladhi amarabih. Verily it is the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded. وَمَا تَقْرَهُونَ فِي الْجَمَاعَةِ خَيْلًا مِمَّا تُحِبُّونَ فِي الْفُرْقَةِ That which you detest about the jama'ah is better than what you love of splitting. Subhanallah. This is recorded by Hafiz Al-Ajuri in his Ash-Shari'a, volume 1, number 17 of the English translation. He graded it Hassan. So here the great Ibn Mas'ud, he said, it is the rope of Allah. Why did he describe it as the rope? Because the Quran says, cling on to the rope of Allah. 
So this refers to the Quran, the Sunnah and the Jama'ah because Ibn Masood said, فَإِنَّهَا حَبْلُ اللَّهِ الَّذِي أَمَرَ بِهِ It is the rope of Allah which Allah Ta'ala has commanded. And then he said, for you to stick to the congregation is better than you love of splitting, meaning there's safety in the congregation. As the Honorable Amir Al-Mu'mineen Umar bin Abdul Aziz so rightly said, Rahmatullah إِنَّهُ لَا رَأْيَ لِأَحَدٍ مَعَ سُنَّةٍ سَنَّهَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ Verily no one's opinion matters if there exists a sunnah established by Rasulullah. Recorded by Hafiz Al-Ajuri in his Ash-Shari'ah, volume 1, number 107 of the English translation, graded Sahih. So what did Amir Al-Mu'mineen say? Nobody's opinion matters. When? If there exists a sunnah established by Rasulullah. So what was he talking about? He was talking about the Jama'ah. The Jama'ah is the one who's got the truth. And he said, nobody opinions matters, no matter how great they are. And they may be from the most saintly souls. Do we not love Umar? Do we not love Uthman? Do we not love Ali? Do we not love, you know, the senior companions? But can we follow them when they said, don't fight against those who refuse to pay zakat? And the response is, even the most pious, the most noble, the people of Jannah can make mistakes. The Jamaat was Abu Bakr. And what did Umar bin Abdul Aziz say? إِنَّهُ لَا رَعِيَ لِأَحَدٍ مَأَسُنَّةٍ سَنَّهَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ Nobody's opinion matters. If there exists a sunnah established by Rasulullah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve us from all forms of deviation and misguidance. Amen. So the next section entitled On Enjoining the Good and Forbidding the Evil. It is very interesting to note that misguided innovations begin to creep into communities where the most important task of enjoining the good and forbidding the evil becomes stagnant. It's very interesting. So if you notice where the innovations take root, where do they generally take root? Where people are not enjoying the good and forbidding the evil. So it's very appropriate now to discuss this subject. A man went to, once went to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and said, Destroyed is the person who does not enjoin the good and forbid the evil. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud responded, That stage comes afterwards. In fact, the person who does not recognize good and does not reject evil, he is already destroyed. <laughs> this is in Tabarani. Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 7, page 275, stated Sahih. Abu Nu'im Al-Hilya, number 274. Abu Nu'im in his Fitan. Qanzul volume 2, page 140. Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 4, page 253 of the New English Translation. So what did this man say to Ibn Mas'ud? And Ibn Mas'ud didn't correct, meaning is correct. He said, destroyed is the person who does not enjoy the good, forbid the evil. Think about that. If you don't do it, you're destroyed. Ibn Masood said that's a later stage. There's a stage before that. The person who does not recognize good, does not reject evil, he's already destroyed. Clarifying further, Abdullah Ibn Masood said, People are of three types. 
and there is no good in anyone who does not fall into one of these three categories. The first is the person who sees a group fighting in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then himself fights using his own wealth. The second is the person who wages, wages jihad with his tongue in the defense of the deen and thus enjoins the good and forbids the evil. And the last is the person who at least recognized the truth with his heart. This is in Tabarani, Al-Haytami, in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 7, page 276, comments upon the chair of the latest, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 4, page 253 of the New English Translation. So what did the great Ibn Masood say, you have to be in these three categories. Otherwise, there's no good in you. Meaning that you might call yourself something, but there's no good in you. The first is the one who physically does jihad, goes out using his wealth physically. The second is the one who wages jihad with his tongue. He's enjoying the good, forbidding the evil. And the third, and this is the one, is the person who at least recognizes the truth with his heart. Thus, the absolute bottom in this matter is to, at the very least, oppose the evil in the heart, otherwise destruction. So you see something, you don't say anything against it, but in your heart you condemn it, you are still saved. That's what he was saying. But if that goes, because you're destroyed, so how can that be lost? It's lost when you are constantly exposed to it. If you see a sin and you're constantly exposed to a sin, what happens? You don't even think it's a sin anymore. So, what are the sort of sins that nowadays you have to be reminded is a sin? Watching the TV. A person who's no, it isn't. Of course, you just, yeah, we know it's like a knife and how you use it. But what are you looking at, brother? Like, you know, just you know, don't, ask, don't make it into complete. So, it's, you, you're getting exposed to it. So, now what happens? Are you asking for forgiveness? Yes. Obviously, the mobile phone is another one. But the thing is, in your heart, you say, Ya Allah, I know it's wrong. And if you've got that in your heart, you are not destroyed, Ibn Masood said. But how dangerous is it if you're constantly exposed? For instance, I mentioned this many times, one of the brothers, he mentioned that he brought somebody from the back home. As soon as he got into the airport here, he went into shock. Because he's never seen women, you know, scantily dressed. He literally went into shock. Then what happened? He got accustomed to it. The shock is the good reaction because it's a sin. You think, what's this? And sometimes you see people like this. We call them simple. They're not simple people. They're pure people. You know, subhanAllah, think about it. We just think, but why is he shocked? You should be shocked. Why are you shocked? Abdullah ibn Masood clarified further when he said, Allah, when you see some evil and have no power to check it, then make it known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that your heart condemns it. This is in Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 4, page 254 of the New English Translation. So what's the key point? You can't check it. You haven't got the strength. So you see an evil, you think, Astaghfirullah, because this is wrong. And you can't do anything to stop it. Ibn Masood said, it's critical that you say to your Lord in your heart, I condemn it. Now, why did he say that? Because you're in the safe category. You, you literally tell yourself, it's wrong. 
Yeah, I'm too weak, I can't help, but I know it's wrong. <laughs> On the same team, this mighty man said, Allah, wage a jihad against the monafics, the hypocrites with your tongues. And if you find no strength or power to do even that, then at least express your resentment for them with the frowns on your faces. This is in Tabarani. Ibn Asakir, Kanzul Omal, volume 2, page 140. Al-Haytami, Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 7, page 276. Comments upon the chair of narrators. Ayada Sahaba, volume 4, page 254 of the New English Translation. So who are the Munafiks? We don't know who the Munafiks are. The Munafiks outwardly. What are the signs of the Munafik? They lie. They use foul language when they get angry. They break their promises. So Ibn Masood said, do jihad against them. That's what he Does it mean kill them? With your tongues. You tell them, say, what are you doing? They shouldn't be lying. You shouldn't be using foul language. You shouldn't be breaking your word. And if you haven't got the strength, look what he said. If you haven't got the strength to do that, at least show dislike in your face. Look how he's stressing this. So you see somebody and think, I can't because you know, he might beam you. You know, he might be thinking like this. So in your face, you just turn your face away to say, look, at least I've shown this is wrong. I've shown it on my face. I've got an excuse with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He further won't. The great Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu When a person witnesses an evil being perpetrated in his presence and he dislikes it, he is then just like the one who has not witnessed it at all. But when a person approves of an evil that is carried out in his absence, then he is just like the one who has witnessed it. SubhanAllah. This is in Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al-Musannaf, Abu Nu'im, Kanzul Umal, volume 2, page 140, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 4, page 254, of the New English Translation. So now, very again, very important exhortations from Ibn Masood, radiallahu. You see a crime in your presence. And he says, you dislike it. So you see a person getting booked. And in your heart, you go, Ya Allah, I'm too weak. I should have helped. I, it's wrong. He goes, you didn't witness it. You, you're out of the category of any harm. But this is the danger. You see an evil in your absence. Now, what's even more dangerous? Like the brother mentioned, the phone. Other side of the world, somebody shows you something. If you... See it when a person approves of an evil that is carried out in his absence. He is like the one who witnessed it. It's just as bad as if he was there, not in your head. This threat has increased manifold today due to the spread of social media. In which sins are openly portrayed. It is thus an absolute must to detest this in your heart, otherwise destruction. Those, for instance, give you an example. If news reaches you that a person is dealing in drugs, it is a must you condemn this in your heart at least. Otherwise, it would be just like you were present when the drugs were being sold. Or another example, you hear a person is ripping people off, then you must condemn this. Otherwise, it would be as if you were present there, as if he, as if he was deceiving others. You are part of the problem. Simply put, a sin must always be condemned, no matter when or where it takes place. I'll say that again. 
A sin must always be condemned, no matter when or where it takes place. You must condemn it. Say, this is wrong. And if you don't, you are witnessing it. You are there watching with your eyes. Indeed, in the glorious Quran, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? In Surah Nisa, Surah 4, verse 140, translation, It has already been revealed to you in the book that when you hear the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being denied and mocked, then sit not with them until they engage in a talk other than this. For if you stayed with them, certainly in that case, you would be like them. So how clear is that in the Quran? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? If you hear the revelation being mocked, somebody is openly breaking the commands, and you are sitting with them, the Quran goes, you are like them. You are like them. Our beloved messenger, what did he say? He who believes, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the last day must not sit at a table where intoxicants are passed around. Look what the Prophet told you, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He who believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the last day must not sit at a table where drugs are passed around. This is in Nasai number 398, Tirmidhi number 2810, Hassan Gharib, Ahmad in his number 125 and 14657. Look at the wording. If you sit where drugs are being passed around, the question you have to ask yourself is this. Do you really believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the last day? You're not taking it. People use that as an excuse. I'm not involved with it. He's dealing it. He's buying it. I'm playing pool. Right? He's dealing it. He's smoking it. I'm just playing cards. Not good enough. You are just like them, the Quran says. Even think about that. Imagine on the day of judgment. In your accounts, you've been taking weed. You've been taking crack. What the Yala never took this? Then you sit with them. The Quran goes, you're just like them. Why? Because you don't give them an excuse. How many times do people say this? Oh, brother, yeah, you're right, but Monasa was playing pool with this. He goes, so their point is, if it was that bad, why is Monasa playing pool with this? The response is, he shouldn't be there. Just because he's a Monasa doesn't mean he's Masum. So note again, you have to keep away from these places. One brother goes, I'm going to give Dawat. <laughs> what are you going to give Dawood? He goes, don't worry brother, it's not going to affect me. You're not going to have big enough stuff for the line. What, you know, what can you say? And this is why there's a report, just to add this. Umar bin Abdul Aziz, was, he heard that somebody was, uh, there was a place where drinks were being, you know, intoxicants were being distributed. So he got all the people and there was one man amongst them, one man, and this man didn't take the intoxicants. Umar bin Abdul Aziz said, start with him, start whipping him first. So the man pleaded because Amir al-Mu'minin, I, I, I didn't take the intoxicants. Amir al-Mu'minin recited this verse. Because you sat with them. And why do I start with you? Because you are the ones they're going to use. If it was that bad, Sheikh Sons was here. So what do you do in that situation? You, you got two options. 
Enjoying the good, forbid the evil, or leave. Enjoying the good, forbid the evil, or leave. And just to add this to finish, on the same team, in Ahmad al-Zuhd, Abdul Wahid ibn Zayd rahmatullahi, he said, I once asked Hassan al-Basri, O Abu Sa'id, inform me about a person who did not participate in the turmoil of Ibn al-Muhlib, a sectarian, yet he was pleased with his act in his heart. So let's explain this. A man has asked a very good question. He goes, look, there was a fitna that took place. A man called Ibn al-Muhlib, he caused fitna. Because I wasn't involved. But I was pleased with what he did. Hassan al-Basri said, Oh my nephew, how many hands slaughtered the camel of Salih? How many hands killed the camel of Salih? So I said, one. One hand was responsible. Refer to Surah 91 verse 12. One man killed the camel. Hassan al-Basri said, Do you not therefore see were not all the people destroyed? For they felt pleasure and sanctioned his act. Because don't you see my nephew? Yes, one man killed the camel. Who did Allah take out? He destroyed all of them. Why were they all destroyed? Because they were pleased and sanctioned it. Allah took them all out. Because so you have to deny that in your heart. Don't get pleasure from this. Proving again that a person who is pleased with an evil act or does not condemn it even within his heart, is then just like the person who perpetrated it. It is thus truly amazing to note that this simple but most important principle is neglected by many, this being another sign of the dreaded hour. So note, the great Ibn Mas'ud, he's talking about the most important things in your life. He's clarifying upon things that you need, like you need air, you need food, you need water. And without his guidance, imagine what state we'd be in. So all I mentioned was now discussing the important subject of enjoying the good and forbidding the evil. Are there any questions you like to ask? Subhanahu wa bihamdi ismarika Allahumma bihamdika ishtu Allahi lakhi illa anta astaghfirika atubu alayka 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 atubu al